Hello, hello. My name is Michael, and welcome to the Christ Church Podcast. Thank you for joining us on this Wednesday of Holy Week. It is, yeah, let me, let me just say this right off the bat. It is no small thing that you are listening in. Most people are not. That's okay, but you're here when others aren't. There's plenty going on in the world around us right now. There's probably much that you could be doing with your time in this moment today, but you're here. I think that you are aware that what happened on a cross about 2,000 years ago changed the course of history forever. So you're here. Again, that is no small thing. The week is filled with darkness. This is a darkness that you and I are familiar with. Um, do you remember? Do you remember when you were a child and it was time to go to bed or go to sleep? So your parents or your parents tuck you away in your bed. They tuck you in, maybe read you a story, sing a song, whatever might have been your you know routine. And then they turn out the light. Do you remember this as a child? And then it's it's as if this they they leave the room, they close the door, they say goodnight, it's dark in your room, and then it's as if this overwhelming sense of fear shoots through you. You can't move, the darkness is just too powerful, it, it takes over, and then the monsters come out, right? The monsters always come out in the dark. Of course, at some point, you do gather just enough courage to cry out for your parents or you run out of the room to grab a parent or your caretaker or whoever to come into your room with you because you're convinced that there's a monster in there. So you have them look in your closet, check under your bed, you, and they have to show you that there is nothing to fear. You might have even gotten on all fours with them at one point and, oh, you didn't want to, but you looked under the bed and sure enough, there was nothing there, nothing to fear. And then, of course, you get your parents to buy you a nightlight, and they buy you a nightlight because they don't want to to they don't want you to be afraid, but they also want some sleep at night. Anyone anyone else remember this? No, just me. That that's okay. That's okay. Cool, cool, cool. Just me. Got it. But we are familiar. We are familiar to a different kind, or with a different kind of darkness. One with real monsters. Um, we're familiar with a darkness that shows itself in the racism and the injustice that we see, especially our black brothers and sisters and others of color uh, still enduring today. We're familiar with the darkness that shows itself in the form of a global pandemic that ravages the lives of millions of people worldwide. 
We're familiar with the darkness that shows itself within trauma or depression or anxiety or disease or hunger, sickness, suicide, murder, war, slavery, human trafficking, and all the different forms of suffering that we can name in our world right now. And not just when I say in our world, of course, I mean globally, but I mean just in your world, your sphere of influence, your daily life. All of us can name some type of suffering that we have experienced or are continuing to experience now. We know this darkness. So it should be of no surprise to you, really, that John's gospel tells us that the events that led to Jesus's crucifixion began at night, in the darkness of night. Jesus is reclining at the table, sharing in the Passover meal with his disciples in the upper room, when John tells us that after Judas received the dip piece of bread from Jesus, Satan entered him, the Satan entered him. And Jesus says to him, do quickly what you are going to do. So Judas receives the bread and then he goes out. And then John's gospel tells us this little detail. And it was night. Oh, yes. It was night indeed. This is the night of terror. This is the night of true horror. This is the night when the darkness is so thick and that the powers of sin and death have free reign. And Jesus is recorded saying in Luke's gospel, this is your hour in the power of darkness. This Holy Week is a week of darkness. It is the week leading to the cross. And please understand, for the sake of this podcast episode anyway, when I refer to the night, I mean this whole week of Holy Week. Yes, we will be talking about specific nights, like maybe Maundy Thursday, but I'm referring to the whole week as a week of darkness. The whole week is as if it's a week that is spent in the night. This whole week of Holy Week leading up to the to the cross, to Jesus' death on the cross. I'm referring to the night Jesus is betrayed and the night leading up to the resurrection. This is all night. It's all darkness. It would be easy, and maybe even preferred by some of us, to rush to the light. Let's just get to the resurrection already, right? But this, this is not the route that Jesus takes. Jesus knowingly and willingly takes on the ultimate darkness to bring about the ultimate light. The powers of sin and death will do their worst. They will come down upon Jesus in a fury with everything they have. And Jesus, the light of the world, will give himself over to it all. As the psalmist declares in Psalm 70, I gave my back to those who struck me and my cheeks to those who pulled out my beard. 
I did not hide my face from insult and spitting. To, to this and to more, Jesus would submit himself. All for the sake of you and me. The dominion of darkness seemed to have won. The powers of sin and death seemed to have achieved its goal. The Messiah had been crucified. The Messiah, the the Christ, had been put to death. The light of the world seemed to be extinguished. The night of Jesus' death was the night of the end of all human hope. Human hope had been destroyed. It had been obliterated. It was no more. But what a night it was. The darkness was overwhelming. The fear shoots through our bodies as we realize that the light has gone out and we are paralyzed with fear. We are paralyzed right where we are. What are we to do now? What hope do we have? The powers of sin and death, evil has won. The monsters have come out and we have no defense against them. We cry out, but it seems as though no one is listening. We search for some type of help, but it never comes. But then something happens. And it happens in the darkness of this dreadful night. Everything changes forever. The resurrection happened at night. And the light would come with the rising sun in the morning. And we will have much more to say about that. (laughs) So stick with us. (laughs) The author of Hebrews writes, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside, let us also lay aside every weight and the sin that clings so closely, and let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, who for the sake of the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and has taken his seat at the right hand At the throne of God, consider him who endured such hostility against himself from sinners so that you may not grow weary or lose heart. Jesus, our pioneer and perfecter of our faith, endured the cross in its shame for your sake and for my sake, for the sake of our joy. And now he sits enthroned as the King of kings and Lord of lords, that we might not grow weary or lose heart. Oh, praise God. (laughs) This night that we walk through in Holy Week leads us to despair, or so it seems. It causes the one following Jesus to grow weary and to lose heart, for the one we follow was killed in front of us in the worst and most God-forsaken way. But then, oh, but then, you know that line in Ephesians, but God, yeah, here we go. But then, but God, right? All of it changes as the sun comes up. And the women make their way to the tomb, as one gospel author writes, while it was still dark. How pervasive is this night? How long will this darkness stay with us? Only to get to the tomb as I'm, I'm sure, I mean, you know, 
This is the setting in my head. The sun is just creeping out above the hills. Through the trees, you can see the light coming in. They get to the tomb, and what they found changed everything. There was no body in the tomb. It was empty. Yes, there is more to this story. Grace and peace.